this summer, um, for the next, until Labor Day, we're going to be talking about how does your garden grow. Summer in Winnipeg is breathtakingly beautiful and unfortunately way too short. I mean, December is the best time of the year, but July is maybe the second best in, in Winnipeg. And it's a time for things grow. They just grow. And we're going to be talking, relating biological growth um, with spiritual growth and how God wants to grow, wants us to grow and wants to stimulate and facilitate that growth. But in order for that to happen, we need to cooperate with him. And before I go any further, this is just a call out to any people with green thumbs. This week, I had a couple of excellent volunteers help me clean out a really ugly flower bed by the side door. If you happen to, on your way home today, take a peek at the flower bed by the side door. It's absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's empty. It's full of potential. And I know we're halfway through our growing season, but if anyone has got any inclination or suggestion for what we can put in there and plant this week as kind of our experiment in growing... Uh, how does your garden grow? A little bit of a community garden. I know that's a little risky in West Broadway, but if vegetables disappear, we'll just pretend it's part of our food bank. Uh, but anyway, if you have any inclination or ideas, contact me this week and you can get in on the fun. But I really appreciate the two young men that helped me clean out all the ugliness out of the uh, flower bed. I have pictures to prove it and I'll show you later. So as we talk about how does your garden grow, I think about all the things that are required to go into a plant growing and reproducing, doing what a plant is supposed to do. And there are references all through the Bible about God growing and what that natural process looks like. As we go week to week talking about spiritual growth, I want to um, give us the opportunity not to just sit as in a, a, a lecture where I just talk for half an hour and either you get caught up on your sleep or you listen passively. I want us to interact and encourage each other because we all want to grow spiritually. How many of you, how many people here have ever planted something on purpose? I'm not talking about a gum wrapper or, well, I guess if you've ever, ever blown a dandelion, you know, a ripe dandelion, it's just kind of, and the things, I guess you planted something then, right? But most of us have planted something on purpose. What happened? What happened? Generally, it grows, right? Okay. You're dealing with a guy who once killed a cactus, but I can grow things. I mean, I can't grow things. I plant, and God makes things grow. So we'll be talking about that. But there are so many references in Scripture about growing, spiritual growth, what God wants to do in us. And we all agree that we can facilitate or hinder the spiritual growth by our actions, but ultimately, God makes us grow. God trans It's God's work to transform us to be like Jesus. When we all grow up, that's who we want to be like. The passage we're going to look at today is from Psalm 1, and it goes like this. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit 
in the company of mockers. Notice the progression here. Blessed is the one who doesn't walk in step with the wicked. It's one thing to be traveling with people um, who are not godly, but standing in the way that sinners take, all of a sudden, instead of just being fellow travelers, you're, you're standing and hanging around. I visualize, I don't know why, I always visualize people hanging around outside of 7-Eleven where there's no, there's no diss on 7-Eleven. I hope you got a free Slurpee this week. But generally, after a certain time of night when people are hanging around 7-Eleven, not many good things happen, okay? Maybe it's just my experience, my history of 7-Eleven. Big gulp, Jeff. Cheers. Okay. (laughs) He didn't have this rehearsed, but this is why Justina doesn't allow us in church at the same time. Okay. Um, So standing and just hanging around. But the ultimate, um, as this progression gets worse and worse, you see, blessed the one who doesn't walk in step with the wicked or stand around in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. There's something about Sitting down with someone, that implies you're on the same page. It's not just sharing a seat on a bus. But this picture of sitting in the company of mockers means these are the people that you associate with and hang around all the time. And when you hang around with mockers, they can't help but rub off on you. So whatever websites you're looking at, Uh, However you deal with social media, that negative attitude just seeps into your spirit and you become critical and cynical of everything. Now, I'm not an advocate of wearing rosy-colored glasses and being super idealistic and naive about life. But when we hang out with mockers, it brings us down. It brings us brings down our whole attitude towards life and it makes us very difficult to have a relationship with God, a healthy relationship. That's what the Psalm's all about. So blessed is the one who stays away from these temptations. Blessed is the one, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord who meditates on his law day and night. You're soaking in God's word and it's so much so that it becomes part of you. And here's the word picture. Here's where the growing thing comes in. That person's like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So on the one hand, you can sit around with mockers, hang out, finding nothing good in life, just sneering at everything in life, or in a more positive way of living life, you can delight in God's word. You can have, you've got a heart for God. You want to find out what's true, pure, lovely, all that good stuff. You want to focus on that and allow that to soak into your spirit, change your attitudes, change your actions, change your lifestyle, ultimately change your destiny. That's what you want to do. And that person is like a tree planted by streams of water. When you drive through the prairies... Most of the trees are where? There ain't no trees in the middle of the field. Where are the trees? By water. By river, right? Our river banks are filled with trees. And those trees, planted by streams of water, they have their fruit in season. My big secret. Our neighbor, Cressida, has got this amazing apple tree. And I just peeked over the fence just to make sure it's loaded. 
this September is going to be awesome. A few years ago, she went on vacation for three weeks in September. Score! I mean, we filled the fridge with apples. But after that, they were all ours. It was great because we didn't want them to go to waste, right? Because we're Winnipeggers and we're thrifty. So it was brilliant. So I can't wait for September because she's always very kind. And I only go after the windfalls anyway. What falls in the back lane, I think, is public property. I'm really looking forward. There's nothing like a tree that's laden with fruit to remind you a picture of what we're like when we meditate, when we soak in God's word, when we allow it to change our attitudes and actions and ultimately our destiny. So whatever they do prospers. This does not mean you can be healthy and wealthy for the end of your days. doesn't mean that. I saw a cute cartoon. I wish I had put it up. Um, f- f- people who failed the prosperity, golf, uh, prosperity gospel course. Um, a picture of Mother Teresa and St. Paul and John the Baptist. They all failed the prosperity gospel course. It doesn't mean you're going to be wise. It doesn't mean you're going to be wealthy for the rest of your life, but just thriving, knowing what God is like, living, living a life of purpose and, and fulfillment. That's what it means by when we talk about prospering. So here's the contrast. So you've got a godly person flourishing like this fruit tree, like my neighbor's tree, just bursting with fruit. Not so the wicked, they're like chaff, which the wind blows away. If you've done any farming, if you're familiar at all with the harvest process, the chaff is the part you blow away. The grain stays behind. The stuff you want to eat stays behind. And the straw blows away. Just like that old song by the, the group Kansas, all we are dust is dust in the wind. It just, that's what the wicked are like. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, and the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So here's the contrast. You've got godly people living life with God, people living life without God. Stable, thriving fruit trees with roots, or depending on what part of North America you're from, roots that go way down deep and nourished and thriving. Or scoffers living life without God like chaff. When the hard times of life comes along, they're gone. So who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? we got a choice. How do we do this? If we go back a couple of verses, the godly people, these rooted, thriving, beautiful fruit trees, delight in the law of the Lord, and they meditate on his law day and night. That sounds great. That sounds very idealistic. But how on earth do we do that? Well, rather than frustrate people and talk idealistically about meditation and the benefits thereof, which is good, I want us to do an exercise this morning. Uh, Emily and Jeff, can you help me out a little bit and give these out to everybody? And uh, you can go recruit other people. Maybe Peter will help too. Okay. What I want us to do for the next few minutes, I'm going to ask you to do a little bit of a 
Well, yeah, like always, it's an experiment, right, with Rick. Um, I want us to meditate on the psalm that we looked at this morning. It's Psalm 1. We're going to read it four times. What? Four times. And I'll tell you why we're going to read it four times. This is um, an ancient way of reading the Bible that will help us retain it and get something. I don't know if many of us, I think, probably have, uh, I hope, a habit of regularly reading the Bible, letting God's Word get into us. We get into the Word and it gets into us. Um, But unless we write it down, unless we remember it, have you ever had this problem? You read something and then 10 or 15 minutes, yeah, it's gone. Oh, yeah, that was really good. What was it? What was it again? So this is a way of helping us retain it. And, and, and when the Bible says meditates, it, it's, there's that word ruminate. It's, the word ruminate comes from uh, the rumen, which is one of the four parts of a cow's stomach where they kind of chew their cud. And it, that's, that's what I want us to do, is, is find um, a nugget, ask God to show us a nugget from this um, passage this morning that we can chew on and take with us and apply to our lives. Now, maybe you've never done this before. Maybe this sounds a little bit odd. Will God speak? Yeah, because he's always speaking. That um, passage that was, um, Kim, it was Isaiah 55 that we read, right? About God's word being like rain and snow and just sort of descending and it always accomplishes its purpose. Well, we're going to find that out if it really does. Thanks, Jeff. I need at least one so I know what I'm doing. Thank you. Thank you. So we're going to find out today if this really works, if God will honor his word. I think he will. So for the next few minutes, I'm going to invite you to follow along with me, and we'll walk through this process, and we'll get you to just, we're going to, let's pray first, because God wants to speak. Thanks, Scott. That's very kind of you sharing it out. Do you need some more? All right. Here. All right. Anybody? Zexter, C. Scott. All right. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, you inspired the psalmist to write Psalm 1. It's God's word. So I pray this morning as we read through it that you will speak and that we will be able to hear and go home with having met you and heard you today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to read it four times. The first time I'm going to read it, and I'm going, I want you to look for one, ask God to show you, one word or phrase that jumps out at you. Now, most of you have pens or something to write down with in front. If, grab one or share and jot down if there's a phrase or word or something that pops out at you. It might not be something you expect. This morning, I went through this exercise on my own, and God brought out something that I hadn't really noticed before. Now, it's not like I haven't read Psalm 1. I mean, pretty much memorized the thing. But I, it's God brought out something new, and he will do that. So as I read it, just make note of, uh, write down a word or phrase that jumps out at you. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. 
That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose life does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Just take a moment and write down a word or phrase. It might not seemingly make sense to you right now, but just something that jumps out at you. Don't overthink it, whatever comes to mind. You can look at your neighbor, but they probably don't have the answer you need, so just write it down. The point is just looking for a little nugget that God points out at you, okay? Now I'm going to read it a second time, and this time, ask yourself, the first time we said, what does it say? This next time, what does the text say to me? What specific situation in my life today relates to this passage? God's word is alive. This is not a history book we're reading. As a young man in my life, trying to figure out who God is and the truth about Jesus, and right now he just observes the Bible as a book of history, full of interesting contradictions and facts and so on, but he does not realize yet that this thing is alive because it's God's word. God's going to speak to us today. And how does it speak to us? How does the text, what does the text say to me? Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates in his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose life leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So what does the text say to me today? What specific situation in my life today relates to this passage? Let's take a couple of minutes to write that down. How does it relate to me? Okay, we may have identified the life situation that we're in, I'm hoping. Now, that when I read it through the third time, we're going to give you an opportunity after this to, to respond to God. What do I say to God in response to what I have read? How do I pray my thoughts back to God? You can journal this prayer or quietly pray it out loud, but whatever, whatever, how, whatever God is saying to you about your specific life situation, this is how, when our time when we respond to God. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose life does not wither. 
Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So either quietly, praying quietly, or write out your prayer, Whatever, however God has spoken to you, pray back a response to God. It might be a, a plea for forgiveness. It might be thanksgiving. It might be both. Just take a few minutes and do that. Now I'm going to read things a fourth time. And the fourth time I read it, I want us to focus on what is God inviting me to? Rest in God's invitation to you. And afterwards, you can pray or share it out loud if you feel comfortable with this. We've asked God to speak and give us kind of a nugget something out of this. We've asked him, saying, what does it say to me? How do I apply it to my life? How do I respond to God? And now, what is God inviting me to? And rest in that invitation. He may be calling you to pursue him more closely, or put something, throw something out of your life to make changes in some way, just rest in that invitation. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night? That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, and whose life does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, and the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Now I'm going to give us a few minutes just a few people, if you want to share what God has said to you. There's no compulsion. You're welcome to just go home and not just keep it between you and God. That's fine. If anyone wants to do that, I'll share with you what God said to me this morning because it was very significant. And it caught me by surprise. Now, this sounds bad for pastors to say this. You know, It's supposed to be for everybody else, but God talked to me. And I was so excited, I ran into Luann and not literally, but I ran into the bedroom and said, guess what? There's a promise in here for us. And I didn't expect to see it. It wasn't what I was expecting. Because when you read over a passage of the Bible, it's familiar. You go, yeah, yeah, I've been there. I got the t-shirt. Yeah, that's good. It's good to be reminded. Blah, blah, blah. But this was something new that I hadn't really noticed before. There's a promise in verse 6. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous. And Luann and I have felt unsettled all week with various news that we've received in our family. And, and uh, we had a chance to pray with some friends yesterday about that, and that helped us feel settled. And then this morning, God reminded me, I want you to feel settled. I want you to trust me. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous. Now, the challenge is I got to try to be, ask God's help to be righteous, right? But there's a, it's a great promise. The Lord watches over the ways of the righteous. So that's what I'm taking to the bank. That's what I'm chewing on and meditating on 
day and night and just letting it percolate in the back of my brain. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous. And when I go home today, I'm going to write it in my journal because I tend to forget things. None of you ever forget anything you've ever heard. Right? But anyway, I need to write things down. And that's why journaling is helpful. It also engages a different part of our brain. So if you haven't started keeping a journal, today might be a good day to start. Jot down notes. Today, God said this. And then months from now, years from now, you'll be able to look back and say, ah, I remember that. Again, I don't want to prolong this, but I'm just wondering if, if anyone else would like to share what God has said to them this morning. Yeah. When we're walking in step with God, he'll provide everything we need. That's a great promise. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Okay. All right, Jason, and we can trust God for healing. That's good. So it sounds like delight was a, a word that jumped out at you, found that the word delight in God. And he wants us to, he delights in us, doesn't he? He wants us to delight in him, too. That's a beautiful passage. Okay. Yeah, it, it's an invitation and challenge, isn't it? It's an invitation to be different from people. Um, and God's the judge. We don't have to judge people. God's the judge. But to, to be different from our society, and it warns us about the consequences. There's a, like I said, there's a promise that God will be with us, but um, then there's a warning, too. The, the way of the wicked leads to destruction. It's pretty solemn. Okay. Yeah, Doug. Yeah, God plants, and he plants us in a place, and he, yeah, supports us and gives us what we need. Good. Good. Well, thank you very much. I, I know there's more to talk about. Um, maybe Kim will I'll invite the worship team up. And I, again, there'll, there'll be more to talk about. But my goal in doing this is um, I didn't want you to just hear, oh, meditation's a good idea. Go home and do it. That's not helpful. And to be honest, I think it's spiritual malpractice for a pastor just to talk about something and not give you some of the tools. So you can take this sheet home and you can use these questions as a framework. It's one way to read the Bible. It maybe it's maybe different, but it's it's a I'm offering it as a tool that you can do on a regular basis. I wouldn't recommend trying to do this with three chapters of uh, scripture at a time, but a, just a bite-sized portion and allow God to, to speak into your life. And feel free to keep sharing that with other people. Well, this is what God talk to me about this morning and that kind of thing and let's keep on encouraging each other as we walk together with him thank you for your participation today I think we need to just spend some time committing ourselves to God thanking him for speaking and asking him to give us the courage and determination to follow through on what he said to us today let's do that thank you Lord thank you for speaking show us what to do next show us the next step Help us to follow you in faith. Thank you for all the promises and warnings in this scripture. And thank you that your word is alive and you cause us to grow, to be like Jesus. What an exciting journey. In Jesus' name, amen.